September 16th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 17, and we'll go through chapter 3, verse 9. We'll read about examination in chapter 3. It does us good to examine ourselves to make sure our spiritual experience is valid. Do you have the Spirit living within? If you began in the Spirit, which, by the way, is the only way to begin, are you now trying to continue in the power of the flesh? We can get off track if our communication with the Lord is not uh, continued each day. Like Abraham, were you saved by faith? And are you now, like Abraham, walking by faith? And now let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. September 16th, Galatians chapter 2, verse 17, through chapter 3, verse 9. But what if we, Paul and other believers, seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then find out that we are still sinners? Has Christ led us into sin? Of course not. Rather, I make myself guilty. If I rebuild the old system, I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, I realized I could never earn God's approval. So I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I am not one of those who treats the grace of God as meaningless. For if we could be saved by keeping the law, then there was no need for Christ to die. O oh, foolish Galatians! What magician has cast an evil spell on you? For you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I had shown you a signboard with a picture of Christ dying on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not, for the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Have you lost your senses? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You have suffered so much for the good news. Surely it was not in vain, was it? Are you now going to just throw it all away? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law of Moses? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God. So God declared him righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are all those who put their faith in God. What's more, the Scriptures looked forward to this time when God would accept the Gentiles, too, on the basis of their faith. God promised this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. And so it is. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. This week's meditation is going to be on Psalms chapter 18, 19. He brought me out into a spacious place. 
He rescued me because He delighted in me. So it's not that Jesus is saying, I'm going to fix this once and for all. Oh, he is on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection. But he's making a statement for us even today. Here's the statement. Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice. You no longer need a sacrifice to be in right relationship with God and receive forgiveness. We talked about it last week. I still believe one of the great reasons we are facing anxiety at an astronomical level in our culture is because we have a sense that we are not forgiven, that what we've done is still outstanding. The bill remains. I'm in debt. Something's off and something's wrong. And so I will have to cover it or medicate it or distract myself for a few decades because I know internally my soul tells me, my heart condemns me, the Bible says, and it tells me something's not right. And yet we peddle still today in 2019 a religion that tells people, as far as Christians are concerned, the reason we're forgiven is because we do things better than others so God forgives us. And that's the very thing Jesus drove out of his church. It's the very reason he turned over tables. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. We tell people, or evidently, somehow, the rumor's gotten out, the story's on the streets, that you can't come to church unless you got your stuff together. That was the same problem 2,000 years ago. Here's the problem. Poor people couldn't even have enough money to pay for their forgiveness. So now it became a class system. And my next point is, we, 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 we pick... We pick Jesus over sacrifice. By the way, Jesus wants obedience, not sacrifice. Mercy, not sacrifice. Mercy. God wants mercy. He doesn't need big acts of grand morality to impress everyone. He needs a daily life of care, love, and mercy one for another. That's what God desires. We choose the way of Jesus over sacrifice. Church home is not defined by sacrifice. You don't have to sacrifice to get saved. Jesus was the once and for all sacrifice. Stop trying to sacrifice and do all these good things to earn your way into a relationship with God. The way has been prepared. It has already been earned. Jesus is the sacrifice, and he's kicked out everything else that will keep you from him. How passionate is Jesus about removing what hinders all people from God? That's his mission, man. That's his mission. The other thing we choose is we choose Jesus over division. Jesus over division. You got Jews, you got Gentiles, you got foreigners, you got poor people, you got rich people, you got good people, you got bad people, you got upper class, you got lower class, you got middle class, you got different ethnicities and backgrounds, and they're all colliding at the temple, and it is divisive. There's an undercurrent of manipulation and contention and competition and appearances and comparison, that made up the culture of the temple. And evidently, 
creator God doesn't want it that way. So he put on skin and bone and tore up the church to make a point. And that's why Galatians chapter 3 says there's no longer, now that Jesus has come, there's no longer Jew, non-Jew, slave, free, male, free, amongst us. You are all equal. That is, we're all in common relationship with Jesus Christ. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. David and Joab were leading the armies of Israel against two enemies in the north when a third enemy invaded in the south. When you get one problem solved, another one comes along. It seemed that God had abandoned his people and that the end was near. But David did not run away. Instead, he boldly lifted God's banner of truth and listened for God's word of assurance. The Lord is our banner, and we can trust him to give the victory. His banner over us is love. Do you know the name David means beloved? God's people are beloved, not in themselves, but in Jesus Christ, the beloved one. In the midst of life's battles, remember that God loves you. God assured David that he was in control of the nations. So David and Joab stepped out by faith and won both battles. When you feel broken, you are still his beloved one. If you believe, you can boldly win the battle. So... Go ahead, march out under God's banner of truth and love. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of David, useful for teaching, regarding the time David fought Aram Naharaim and Aram Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. To be sung to the tune, Lily of the Testimony. You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us. Now restore us to your favor. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks before it completely collapses. You have been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who honor you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Use your strong right arm to save us and rescue your beloved people. God has promised this by His holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim will produce my warriors, and Judah will produce my kings. Moab will become my lowly servant, and Edom will be my slave. I will shout in triumph over the Philistines. But who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for he will trample down our foes. Proverbs 23, verses 15 and 16. My child, how I will rejoice if you become wise. Yes, my heart will thrill when you speak what is right and just. Psalm 60.